Welcome to Junior Doctors Corner, the podcast that helps medical students and junior doctors like yourself not only survive but thrive in your careers. We cover topics including doctor well-being, career, and life outside of medicine. My name is Dana and I am your host for this podcast. Are you ready for a healthy dose of support, motivation, and inspiration? Then let's start this episode stack. Okay, welcome back everyone to another podcast episode on Junior Doctors Corner. Thank you to everyone who's listened to the podcast and shown their support. Uh, I've been getting a lot of messages lately of encouragement. I really, really do appreciate it. And for people who have reached out to make suggestions for new podcast episodes, thank you so very much. I'm working on them, I promise. I'm a bit slow, but I promise I'll get there eventually. And For those of you who've really enjoyed the podcast, I really appreciate it if you would jump on iTunes and write a review because it helps spread the word. Now for today's episode, I interviewed a medical physicist who did an MBA and is now in consulting. The reason why I decided to do this episode is because I noticed that on various doctor forums or Facebook groups, there is quite a lot of interest amongst us to do an MBA and a lot of questions around it. So I decided to interview someone who's had an experience doing MBA live face-to-face. So this was way before COVID happened and um, is also from the healthcare industry. So I hope you find this episode really helpful because I certainly did. Hi, John Kenny. Thank you so much for joining me on Junior Doctors Corner. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to a chat. So uh, for those of our listeners who haven't had the opportunity to get to know you, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, So I'm a a medical physicist uh, by profession. Uh, So I've done that for 18, 19 years, um, working in radiation oncology primarily. That's my specialty. But uh, at the moment, I'm running my own consulting business, which I've done for about three years. That's Health STEM Solutions. Um, a core part of that is, is is our medical physics work. So we work with, with medical radiation users um, to achieve and maintain best practice across all areas of medical radiation. But we have a, a much bigger interest in um, business consulting for healthcare and STEM generally. So business development, data analysis, research support. They're my main pursuits at the moment and uh, corporate commanders, which is about developing new new professionals. So we've been working on some leadership management training uh, programs for for new grads and junior professionals as well. So you mentioned that you were a medical physicist at one point in your career. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you go from that to where you are now, which is quite, you know, business related, uh, involved in consulting? Like what led you to that path? Uh, look, it's a, certainly a long, a long journey. I still consider myself a medical physicist and I still work in that capacity uh, in different, different roles. I started out as a junior medical physicist, or in fact, go back even a little bit further, I started out with an, in a physics degree um, in laser sciences and enjoyed it and enjoyed academia, but, but decided that the, the field of um, quantum mechanics was not going to miss my contribution um, at that point in time. So learned about it and was excited by medical physics. So I had a junior role at um, Newcastle Mater Hospital, now, now Calvary, Calvary Mater Hospital, and moved back to Brisbane for, for personal reasons and was at the Royal and yeah, we're just approached by a senior physicist actually not long after I got there and I'd met that person at a conference, one of our professional conferences and um, they invited me to come over and join them at Wesley Radiation Oncology and it just seemed like a really great fit for me in terms of the environment 
I got to learn a lot. They gave me lots of scope to, to learn, experiment, and I certainly had lots to learn. And it kind of went from, from there to all my professional qualifications while I was there. Uh, you know, had a variety of roles and then decided it was time to move on to the Australian Clinical Dosimetry Service in, in Melbourne. So we went and set up a, a national dosimetry audit program for, for radiation oncology. And that was kind of really the pattern, I, I think, that they got me to where I, I am, that I take the opportunities when they when they came up. Um, really was people, you have to be, be okay to, to move occasionally to, to make some changes. And um, you know, I, I took those, um, sometimes maybe too frequently, but certainly took those opportunities when they came up. And then from ACDS, I, I was approached about some chief physicist roles and, and ended up taking on some of those. Um, and that just led to, to, to different opportunities. In terms of the MBA, I had been quite fascinated by business for many years and had even talked about it uh, with my managers when I was at, uh, at Wesley. And I had some good advice around that and started looking into it. So I couldn't quite tell you what attracted me to it. I was interested in business, but I didn't know enough about it. Um, I think it, I wanted to, to learn. Um, and I had looked at it at different times, but it, it just didn't fit. So when I was, um, when I was working at... Uh, Back in Melbourne, in, in one of the phys chief physicist roles, um, I decided, well, yes, yeah, time to do it. Yeah, that just opened a few more doors and a few more experiences to, to go and try something different again. So it sounds like you took on your, your MBA while you were a chief physicist. Is that correct? Yep, I was, um, I was chief physicist. And then <laughs> while I was doing my MBA, I, I was asked to do a comment to manage our clinical trials and technical research for, for my department as well. So... Yeah, so two roles, uh, working full time and um, and doing the executive MBA. Oh wow! Can you please talk us through what studying an MBA involves? Because as far as I'm aware, and I actually don't have any close contacts that <laughs> are un undergoing an MBA, and but from my understanding, it is quite intense. It does involve a lot of work, and you juggled it with practically two full time jobs. Like, how did you do it? Uh, look, I, I was not alone. Everyone was in a, was in a similar position who I who I studied with, so I did the executive MBA at, at Melbourne Business School, which um, you know, I really uh, enjoyed. Really recommend. Um, everyone's MBA experience is going to be different um, because there's lots of modes of study and lots of places to, to do it. I think um, a level of intensity and, and and workload is probably common to, to all of those. We had a few differences. So we were um, we were living we. Uh, attended four days um, a month, so Thursday through to Sunday, um, every month for 18 months. And that is might sound like a lot, but it's actually quite good because you know that once a month, that's where you've got to be. You've got that time in between uh, to work on, on all your, your reading. So there's lots of reading to do. There's usually assignments in between. Um, so there's a lot of pre-work and, and then you know, after your first module, first weekend of your module, you'll, there'll be lots more reading and then preparation for exams and assignments. You know exactly where you've got to be. It's laid out for you. Uh, we didn't uh, actually choose our subjects. They're, they're quite well defined, and, but you know you've got an end point. And, and talking to people who've done a part-time MBA, uh, that is one of the drawbacks is that it's very easy to drop a subject or change things around and then you know your two-year plan becomes your three-year plan becomes your four-year plan, so it can drag out. So... You know, we, we were very motivated uh, to get through in 18 months and, and you know, draw a line under it and move on. It's completely doable. Like, you really, you really can do it. Um, but I would certainly say 
say goodbye to your to your social life <laughs> uh, and say hello to your cohort, and you'll have a great social life with your cohort um, there as well. And you'll uh, so it's a great experience. I wouldn't trade it for the world, but but there is certainly some juggling. Everyone, look, we had everything from all, all walks of life, all, all industries. Um, right. Everyone was doing a bit of work while they were there on weekends. Everyone was you know juggling different things. Um, most people and employers are, are pretty good with that and sort of respect that you need a little bit of time, but the reality is yeah, you just, you find a way. And it, in some ways it's part of the, the getting through the process that you sort of reach that level where you can maintain and juggle both all those things um, and get the job done. And so for the four days a month that you spend, like mm-hmm. what is it like? Is it lectures? Is it workshops? Uh, it, it's primarily uh, lectures. So um, yeah, we we lived in. We, we had the advantage of being able to live down at Mount Eliza, which was a beautiful location. So we had a a real disconnect. So that that is part of the experience. If you're going to do a face to face course, that you actually really separate from work and from life a little bit. And it's still a living course. It's it's just done on um, in the city campus. So yeah, you have that disconnect. You can focus a little bit on what's going on. It's built around lectures, um, but a lot of the work is also done around your your syndicate. So you'll every um, every course or every every subject, you'll be broken up into a syndicate of usually about six people, okay. um, give or take a few, and they're your your team basically uh, as you go through that that subject or couple of subjects. So you'll do lectures and then you'll go and do syndicate work. So it might be an assignment, might be an activity. Um, so you you will be working with the, the, with them as well as doing your lectures and then in your lectures um, you should expect to be called on so they sort of do the class the um, the case method so you will have had some cases to read or some other other work to do and you know you don't just sit there passively <laughs> someone's going to um, point at you and say hey John what do you think about this um, okay. and that's actually the best part because yep. the conversation is 50% lectures but 50% yep. of what you learn is from your cohort so you've got people there who've probably actually deal with these problems or challenges on a daily basis as part of their job. Right. Um, so a lot of it's about the engagement and the conversation with your peers. And then, you know, if you're doing live-in, then, of course, it's all the social time. Well, not, not social time because you actually do work quite late at night, but you've got lunches, dinners, mm. you know, some quiet drinks at the bar, whatever it might be mm. to talk about the, the issues of the day or whatever whatever's come up. So, right. Um, yeah. So you basically get like a boot camp every month. It's pretty, that's a good way of looking at it. It's pretty much a, an intensive uh, four days. And then we, you do go away for um, – we went away for a week as well. So oh. we went we went over to Asia to do some, some work with companies over there. Uh-huh. Um, and that and was as part of the program. Like that the was course. part of the yeah. program, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. And how was it for you as someone who has come from a very predominantly science background and doing something that um, – is more artsy slash businessy, if if that makes sense. Well, you know, there's probably a misconception with that. So, a lot of the business work that you do, it, it ranges from the very quantitative to the very qualitative. But really, you know, you learn to be really disciplined and and actually, no matter what you're doing in business, to actually be quite disciplined and be um, rigorous, scientific. So that 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 part was that worked well for me because that was the background I I came from. Um, you know, you're there to learn some of the other things that you haven't maybe maybe touched on before so you know I enjoyed it because it was new new knowledge and things I hadn't learned and things that I could apply or, or was trying to apply in my current role so it's, it, it is definitely eye-opening um, partly because there's a really big wide world out there outside of healthcare um, and a lot of that is quite different I think healthcare is 
has a bit of its own special bubble and you know, its own set of experiences. Uh, but there's a big wide world out, of, out there. On the flip side, it's really, really good sometimes to be able to talk to people who are having exactly the same problem as you are, but they're in a completely different industry. And even right. if they haven't solved that problem, at least you know you're not alone. So that's that's kind of uh, heartening at times. But look, it, yes, it's different, but it isn't necessarily that removed to what we do on a day-to-day right. basis. Okay. Yeah. So it's not a prerequisite to have some inkling of what business and organizational structures and all these things are about. No, not at all. And really, you're there to learn from the cohort. So the idea is that they'll have engineers, lots of engineers and quantitative people there, not just healthcare. Um, doctors, dentists, finance officers, marketing, yeah. business, like you name it. Yeah. And so the idea is that you're actually learning from each other. Mm. Um, that's, that's really probably the best, one of the best parts of the experience. So coming back a bit more towards sort of the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. and I have come across a lot of doctors who are speculating the idea of doing um, an MBA. Well, Firstly, in the name itself, it says Masters of Business Administration. But, you know, how relevant is it? From my understanding, not all doctors need to do this. It's sort of more geared towards certain people who are after a certain career pathway in medicine or healthcare, and also what kind of opportunities can an MBA afford you? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Certainly, if I'm working with like mentoring or talking to, to new professionals, um, I already, and they, you know, you say, what do you want to do? Well, I, I want to get to a management role. Why do you want to do that? And so I really I think it's really worth thinking about your motivations for, um, particularly in healthcare, but really any industry, if you want to progress, it really means getting into a management role. So mm. um, it, that is a little bit of a calling in the leadership management role. Um, and it's a very distinct skill set from whatever technical skills you might have developed. So I think that's that's really worth thinking about, even aside from the MBA. Um, why do you want to do it? What are the motivations? Are you really prepared to take on that? Because it's a really different skill set. Um, but but in terms of the MBA, I think that's also worth thinking. You know, why do you want to do it? Um, and you know, put your business hat on. What, what's the return on investment that I want to get on that? Um, it doesn't have to be financial, um, but it, it might be about new knowledge or different experiences. Um, but I think it's really worth thinking about it. And I, I think most people that are, you know, my cohort um, and others that I've spoken to, they didn't always, some of them knew very clearly what their pathway was. Right. For some of them, it was expected that they have that. But for many people, it was, look, I know that I want to do something different or, or I want the opportunity to do something different. Um, I don't know exactly what that is yet. But I know that this is going to kind of open my eyes to it. So it was kind of, uh, this is an experience that I'm going to have and then we'll see what happens, but it wasn't okay. a defined outcome. Yep. Um, but I think it's really good to acknowledge that just up front, that just to know what, what you're trying to get from that. It opens doors. Um, in, look, in some sense, it, it can open the door. It, it, it might be required that, that you have some level of business skill set. And it's worth looking at that, what that pathway looks like for you. I know there's masters, other masters or MBAs that might focus on healthcare or public health or some combination of. Um, that might be really important or it might have actual like specific knowledge that you need to develop. But really, like for me, it was things like having that confidence to be able to engage with different professional groups you know, and improve my performance just in the role that I was doing. So senior manager, that was straight away um, improved my ability to do my job, made me think about things differently, um, mm-hmm. different different lens. It gives you a better ability to challenge some of the things that you might have coming down from your managers or, or peers, but it gives you a better lens to also appreciate where they're coming from and, and the different perspectives. So, you know, I, I was sitting quite in the middle of business, technical and clinical, and to be able to 
really understand those and translate between those and communicate with those groups, which is really important. So if you're a professional and you've got to communicate with exec or senior managers or boards even, mm. um, there is a right and wrong, wrong way to do that. And so right. I think it really, really sets you up well for that just okay. in, your own, in your own role. Right. Um, you know, the ability to think strategically as well and really understand why you're doing doing some things. But there's also the opportunity to, to translate. So, you know, the reality is you're not going to do your MBA and then go go out and get a marketing job because there's a thousand marketing grads. <laughs> or, you know, you're not going to become a CFO because there's a thousand guys who've done business and then, you know, end an MBA and they've worked in that role. But it probably gives you an opportunity to translate. So within your organization, you might be able to pick up some of those roles or jobs, get some of that experience and then translate from there. So that there are some opportunities there. Um, but, you know, look, it can be things thinking about how you do your job. So the example I often use, clinical trial recruitment. You can think about that through a marketing lens. You know, it really is about marketing to who is the customer here? Is it the, the doctor? Is it the patient? Is it the carer? And, you know, there's all sorts of complications with clinical trials and, and ethics and governance. But you can think about these things uh, in a different way to perhaps we might do just from a healthcare perspective. Changing referral patterns is a really big, uh, big marketing challenge um, and a business challenge. Um, so yeah, that's just different ways of thinking about how you do how you do things, um, and of course everyone wants to have a health health startup or a tech startup as well. So <laughs> I, I think that it sets you up well if you want to if you're looking at anything like that. I think it's foundational skills to to give that a go. Right. So it mm-hmm. sounds like it has a lot of uses and applications, not just for people who want to gun for like a CEO position. No, it's, it's probably going to be the expectation if that's if you want. To have that role, um, but it's it's much bigger than that, and it's personally satisfying too. I, I enjoyed it. It was something that I could do for me. I could learn something, mm-hmm. and it wasn't. It was well outside my usual sphere, so it's actually quite enjoyable as well in that mm-hmm. sense. Uh, I think you talked a little bit about return of interest doesn't necessarily have to mm-hmm. be financial, but it does cost a fair bit of money for anyone to invest mm-hmm. in an MBA degree. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for doctors who are interested in pursuing? an MBA and also secondly, is there any way for them to, you know, dip their toe in or learn a little bit more about it without sort of entering, putting the money down, entering into an MBA course mm-hmm. and go, oh my God, I can't do this or this isn't what I thought it would be? Yeah, there's a few ways. Um, I think it comes back to really understanding what you're trying to do. So mm-hmm. look, they are expensive probably no matter what you do, but um if you just want some new knowledge and you want to do it at your own pace, uh, then you, there's probably online options that are, you know, better priced for that. If you want the whole experience and you really want to gain from the the cohort, um, the conversations with your peers, the really you know world class lecturing, that kind of thing, then you, you're probably going to pay a bit more for it. So it depends on what you want. You know, I wanted the whole experience. I wanted to really learn and interact with others. So just think about, I think that's understand, understanding what it is that you want to get out of it and how you can do that. What are the options on the table? Mm-hmm. You know, there are options to do. You could do a postgrad diploma or something similar. There are plenty of, of shorter courses that you could do just to get a, a taster. Right. Uh, some of those may give you credit for other subjects. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole spectrum of things that you could do in that space. Um, so you could do that and then and then carry on. You know, there's always the option to do part time and see how mm-hmm. it goes. So pick a couple of a couple of subjects. You're not committed um, beyond beyond the subjects that you've um, enrolled in, and then you, could, you know you can see how it goes from there. That one can be a little tricky because I think you could um, you could do a couple of subjects, have a bad 
uh, you know, a bad semester and be very easily turned off and not. Right. You haven't kind of bought into it. So um, okay. it'd be easy to just go, oh, this is just too hard. Right. Uh, I think when you've, when you've gone through the process of being interviewed a couple of times and got into a, into a, a program and, you know, you, you, um, you're paying for it, it, it certainly helps with the, the levels of commitment and to, to write it out. Um, so, yeah, have an idea of what you want. Um, definitely look at the postgrad um, and talk to people. Definitely talk to people about their experiences in different institutions and what fits for them. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know what what might fit for you, I should say, uh, based on their experience. Thank you. That was really good advice. So, if any of our listeners had um, some questions that they'd like to ask you, how can they um, direct those questions at you? Uh, they're welcome to email me, and I'll I'll give you my email address, but also to um, connect with me on LinkedIn as well. And um, yeah, happy to have a chat anytime. Thank you. Now, as part of what we do on Junior Doctors Corner, I ask my guests all this same final question. Can you please name one or two things that are keeping you sane during these crazy and also busy times? Look, I've say my, my fiance does does tend to keep me keep me sane, keep me keep me grounded. My two cats are a source of never ending uh, distraction and sometimes frustration. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, particularly one of our cats, if, if Disney was trying to design a, a cat, that's what it would look like. So she, okay. she's very cute and very entertaining. But look, apart from that, I think like many other people, it's it's really the, a virtual wine or, or a gin and tonic occasionally with MBA friends or some of the, some of the other groups and, that I've um, been involved in. So just to... Just to get out of the, the office, I guess, in a virtual sense and have a chat to different people. Yeah, I think very similar to, to most people at the moment. Mm. Well, thank you so much for coming onto our show, John. All right. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to have the conversation. It was great. So before we wrap up this podcast episode, there was actually something else that John wanted to add, but we had already turned off Zoom and I had gotten into my pajamas already, so we didn't record this next bit. So I'm just going to read out to you what John sent me, some advice that he wanted to share with you guys. So John says, if you're thinking about getting an MBA, the institution is really important as it is becoming more common for people to do an MBA or similar qualification. You might want to think about how to differentiate yourself from other MBA graduates. The reputation of the institution can be part of that point of difference. Institutions can also have different specialty areas or strengths and different modes of delivery that might be a better fit depending on personal preferences. Like anywhere, the quality of the faculty can, of course, vary too. I appreciate that many of my lecturers had taught at other very highly ranked business schools. They actively published and also many of them had consulting work as well. So they weren't just great educators. They were actively involved in doing what they taught. And that's a wrap for this podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you really liked that episode, please don't forget to leave a review on iTunes to help a sister out. And don't forget to subscribe to our email list so that you never miss an episode.